and welcome back to the Latecomers. I'm Amity. I'm Lemuel. And welcome to season four. Season four. We've done it. I don't know. We haven't done much of anything. Well, but... we have. This has been a comprehensive investigation into all the things that we've been ignoring all of our lives. I guess. So this this month, nope. <laughs> <laughs> this season, uh-huh. we, we are watching the 2000s version of Battlestar Galactica. I just listened to a different podcast that mocked that podcasts were all watching Battlestar Galactica with your oh. college roommate, and I felt personally attacked. I think it was an episode of uh, Stop Podcasting Yourself or something. <laughs> At the very fine. least, we are not college roommates. No, we are not, but I was just like... Hey, rude. <laughs> I resemble that remark. So, before we get started, we are, this is a cheat episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, this will not, we are not talking about the actual show, though we have watched yes, the miniseries as of right now. However, it is late on Wednesday, and I want to get you a show on Thursday. To so, we're not going to get into it this those week. <laughs> older members of the audience, do you remember when you were watching, let's say, I don't know, Buck Rogers in the 25th century? And there was the episode where they're going to use the memory machine to remember all their past adventures to find out what villain is hunting them. Oh. And it wound up being 45 minutes of clips from other episodes hey. that you'd already seen. I like this. And so this is Best kind of... of. <laughs> right. Recap. <laughs> the equivalent of Clip that. show. We're using our Bloopers. memory machine. Right? <laughs> yes. We're doing that. So a very all, special episode. Um, we have now watched the miniseries. Mm-hmm. Uh, I enjoyed it. Did you enjoy it? I enjoyed it actually much more than I thought I would. Awesome. And I think it will inform part of this discussion, but we're not going to do recap. We're not going to do that. That's for next week. Next week. Tune when in When I will week. have time to, you know, edit uh, a thing. Okay. Hi. This, all those holidays and, and now it's 7.30. I don't know. <laughs> this is what has happened. So... Uh, did you want to talk about our week before? Uh, I would like to talk about our week because in in the the past week, amidst all the revelry and and happiness, um, was we, yelling and sleeping. Yes, <laughs> and rockets, rockets, and horrible windstorms. Holy and, cow! Yes, it is cold in California. Right. It is cold for California. I have a friend who's in you know. Yeah, no, we're not under snow. Temperatures in Ithaca, New York, but when so, we like, walked yeah. outside this morning, it was forty degrees. I'm going to call it cold. Yes, and um, there were windstorm warnings on New Year's Eve, which was uh, disconcerting. When we had it, what seemed like professional grade fireworks going off yeah. less than a block away. So uh, we're still here. Yes. The house didn't burn down, so we win, I guess. There were moments, though, when I was sitting uh, with you and watching television in the living room, and I saw rockets flying by our windows. Yes. And we have a relatively large property that we're, we're living in right now. And so it must have been fired by somewhere back behind our house. I have no idea. It was crazy, and I just saw them zooming just by. Just loud explosions. In this you know, with the weather blowing things left and right, we have a, a security light on the side of the house that um, lights up every time something stirs outside. But and it's like close to the house and we have a security gate. So typically right. what's stirring is like a raccoon. Yeah, but the wind the was wind. <laughs> rustling around and blowing things so much that it was just flashing like, you know, yeah. at times like it was a disco light. It was very hard to get to sleep. But anyhow. I didn't make it to midnight. Uh, I never try and make it to midnight no. because I don't like New Year's Eve very But much. I did because I was uh, because Nicolas Cage scared the hell out of me with weird, scary faces. Is that the me. day we watched that? That was the day we watched it. We watched Mandy. We watched Mandy. It's on Shudder. It's not a, a Barry Manilow song. It's not. At least this the version This version is not. It is a really... It does star a man named Linus. Right. <laughs> and you get to see his reproductive organs at one point in the yep. film. His penis is visible. More than I wanted to see. Um, but I'm not sure. It's I could recount the entire plot in about three sentences. Yeah. Um, so I won't. It's extreme. But Y'all, it's very violent and very extreme, and it is like a uh, drug Is I mentioned to you in the experience. beginning, I thought it looked like somebody photographed it all through a stained glass I window. I can't even imagine what it looked like to the colorblind. Oh my God, it was hideous. the <laughs> colors are, the colors are really a character themselves. 
<laughs> you know how they say that about New York and everything? Hmm. Uh, the colors are telling, definitely York is a doing a lot of the work. The and character you don't like. But the, uh, I don't know, I can't even imagine what it was yeah, like it to just looked really the bizarre. colorblind. But yeah, the, the film itself was just, it, the second half of the film, the revenge half of the film, uh, was Nicolas Cage. Yeah, revenge needs to be had. It's kind of uh, like Death Wish without Charles Bronson. Is mostly Nicolas Cage screaming, shouting, gurning at, at, at the audience, and that's not a word. It is a word. Don't believe you. Um, and he makes uh, an axe. Yeah, and he makes also his own axe. Saying um, so shiny, complaining that he's he actually kills a character off for ripping his shirt. Um, he well, that's not why. That's one of the reasons why. Yeah, he's covered in blood the whole time. It's yes. intense. It's it's a lot. It's the a movie really hyper-violent film. I don't dislike it. No. I don't I... know that I can recommend it. If you like this sort of thing, you should this watch it. This is the it. sort of thing you like. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, we saw another movie the next day, which was Muscle Spimmy Man. We um, watched Aquaman. Which was... It stars Jason Momoa. So and, dumb. Uh, yeah. So this movie was the second best DC movie. I've only seen two of them, to be fair. Uh, you probably saw the two good It ones. was very dumb and very enjoyable. That's how I felt about it. I it felt... was, but it was, like, at several points during the film, I was like, oh, this is dumb. Well, there were points in the film that literally jumped the shark for me. Yay! Um, I, I, shark I think jumping, shark jumping. I really like There's Amber Heard. And also yes. the Pacific Rim crossover you didn't know you right. I felt like Amber Heard is lovely. Um, her hair was way too red. The wig is distracting. And I also felt that Less she... distracting that than the weird choice they made to dye... Dolph Lundgren's, Dolph Lundgren's hair, hair red, right. but like using overtone two weeks before filming, so it was like washed out red, so that he looked like he, well, was, he was underwater. It was terrible. Um, I I felt like Amber Heard, and I, it reminded me of that used to be said about working in the Batman costume. Her costume seemed to be so tight that she was sewn into it, and she actually doesn't do a lot of action scenes while she's in her, you know, mirror. Queen of the Sea, or whatever her costume is. Well, no, she probably couldn't move in it. She could not move. There are times, I was trying to remember the scenes where she was doing action scenes. It's like when she's in civilian clothes. Because yeah. when she's wearing that suit, I don't think she can move. And she no, basically and she gives exposition. she was in a harness a lot. And she right. was, yeah. So yeah. she looks really physically uncomfortable. Jason Momoa spends most of the time looking like a Herb Ritz photograph. He's so bro in this. And I... Lots of hair flipping and looking over the shoulder. It's very coquettish and weird. He does do a lot. There's a lot of that looking back. And right. you get it in the trailer, but then he keeps doing, doing it. it over and, and over like, again. Why is this his weird move? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's his superhero move. You know, some people he crouch do or the jump. He superhero, yes, the landing. Right, he, he just, just sort of flips, he his, flips hair his hair over the stairs over his shoulder and looks at you. I'm just like, no man ever has done this. This, this is many times. like, yeah, I, I, uh, which I kind of like. I kind of like that they took this feminine uh-huh. move, right? Like traditionally feminine move, and then put this giant dude, and it works. Uh, I, I mean, it's. Every time he did it, I expected him to break out into a dance or something like he was going to bust a move now. Well, every time he did it, I expected him to wink. And you know what? He did almost every single time. And there are very serious actors in here who (laughs) look, I don't know, I... um, Patrick Wilson. Ooh, what they did with Patrick Wilson's hair? Really, and again, the number of actors who just looked uncomfortable doing this movie. Willem Dafoe looked right at home, which right. is weird. <laughs> Willem Dafoe is a strange character. Is there nowhere he is uncomfortable? No, Maybe that's what like, it is. He's where like, can we escape Willem Dafoe? Can we escape him in church? We discovered no. Can we escape him under the sea? No. No, he's If everywhere. we go to foreign countries or even David Lynchland. He is our God. There he is. That strange man with the strange smile. Who should have played the Joker, but no. Yeah, that would have been. Yeah, I don't he, know why. I, why did that was that just like a ever? dumb choice that he didn't play the Joker. But what are you going to do? Not even in animated things, right? Yeah, I don't know. Because even doesn't his make voice is vaguely sinister yeah. and weird, and which, hey, Hollywood, 
You did it, Rob. Right. Yeah. Missed also, an opportunity there. it's too late, so don't. Yes. We don't need a Logan version of the Joker. Right. A 60-year-old Joker who's looking back on his life and wondering, you know. I feel like 60 is generous. Although he's in great shape, I have he to looks, say. He looks, yeah, no, he's fantastic. Uh, we've talked about Aquaman a lot. Yes, and this is not a <laughs> we were This is gonna, not his story. <laughs> yeah, these are not his stories. So we are going in season four to watch at least season one of Battlestar Galactica. Battlestar Galactica. Spoiler alert. I think I'm going to want to watch the whole series. It was very good. I was very I enjoyed surprised. it. Here's the first thing that we will say generally and across the board about the miniseries. Like I said, we're not recapping. We're just talking about it. So I had seen zero of it and zero of the 1978 Battlestar Galactica. That mostly because I was not born yet. Rubbing I in. did not feel like it was dated. The new miniseries, which is difficult because, A, everything seems dated now. If it's more than two years old, I'm like, what ancient thing are we watching? (laughs) And two, especially true of sci-fi, because every era's, like, it seems like every year's vision of the future is, like, saved in amber. And it is very distinctive. Like, oh, that's what we thought the future was going to be like in 1985. And that's what we thought the future was going to look like in 1965. This did not feel dated to me. I was like, if you told me this show was premiering right now, I would believe you. Minus, I know that some of the people in it are older now. But other than that, for 15 years gone by, I was a little bit shocked that 20 minutes in, I was like, this looks like it could be right now. I have a whole different, you know, kind of impression of it because I remember, and I think we started discussing this during the last podcast, that it premiered on the night that I was, we had one TV in the house and they had um, added, I think, an hour of extra footage to Dino De Laurentiis's King Kong that was having its television premiere. No, this was in 2003? No, this is, now we're talking about the original. Oh, Okay. So okay. it's 1978, and so it was counter-programming for that, you know, and and it was such a big surprise to see that original show because, again, not a, there was a, a tide turning at the time after Star Wars, which was you didn't see science fiction a lot, or there were very few people doing it, science fiction or fantasy in any way. You know, you waited three or four years for Ray Harryhausen to finish a movie. Right. It's basically what you did. And what you got after that were a lot of kind of cheap, on-the-cheap kind of movies. This yep. was a... A move towards something much more expensive. It didn't. It didn't quite have the same budget as Star Wars, but in a lot of ways, I think the technology had improved. Like the special effects. If you look at the original Star Wars, the original Battlestar Galactica, uh, the Battlestar Galactica was better. It was done by the same guy, so it's like the learning curve that he'd done during Star Wars had come full circle, and he was developing a whole different kind of technology, and that was John Dykstra. But it was a huge deal when I was a kid. And so this kind of brought back memories because I remember how impressed I was with the first program when I saw it when I was eight or something. Mm-hmm. And this was relatively faithful to that original program. It's a, it a little seems bit darker. Like, so you showed me three minutes and where did it come from? It came from, there's a scene in Battlestar Galactica that we'll discuss in both versions. Was this at the end of the premiere? That was the end of the premiere. It was like the last three Be- minutes of the right, premiere. because... Okay. The thing is that the original program was supposed to be a television movie. Oh, okay. It was supposed to be one of three miniseries. And with the success of Star Wars, the studio pushed them, Universal, to go ahead and, to make, go it and a make a series. Show. So there are three really good miniseries and a bunch of very mediocre television shows, uh, episodes. Episodes, interesting. Back okay. and forth. I mean, it was very expensive. It was probably the most expensive television pilot ever produced at the time. Well, um, and then they kept trying to bring it back right. successfully. There was a bunch of unsuccessful things, which we don't have to go no too deeply into. But um, Because I don't think they'll have an analog. Uh, analog. Is that the term properly? Yeah. The last with, thing uh, um, was Brian Singer was uh, on board to mm-hmm. do a reimagining for Fox. But then September 11th happened, and they couldn't get it off the ground, and then he had to drop out due to, he had uh, to film X2, Uh and so Fox, when they lost Brian Singer, they were like, nah, we're good. (laughs) 
Mm. <laughs> and then it didn't, this didn't happen for another three years. I wasn't aware of how complicated the thinking was. Glenn Larson apparently was a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And so the whole plot of Galactica it involves uh, Mormon theology. Who is Glenn Larson? He was the producer of the original program, who went on later on to do things like, I think, Knight Rider and all sorts of other oh. TV shows. He was With really Amy. successful. Yeah, he, he did a lot of... Um, a lot of stuff on television after that. But um, but yeah, so there was all sorts of things I didn't know about it. I was aware of the lawsuit with Star Wars, where George yeah, Lucas's people... Yeah, I don't know about that, but guys, yeah. Star Wars stole from everything. Which so is... So everything... Well, I'm going to address uh, this later in the program, in fact. Star Wars stole from everything, so if people think that things stole from Star Wars, they need to stop it. Right, <laughs> like, and... It's very funny. I found an article in The Hollywood Reporter that talked about specifically what Star Wars was suing them for. And it said, uh, number one, a war between galaxy democratic and totalitarian forces. A friendly robot, a romance between the hero's friend and the daughter of one of the leaders of the democratic forces, the destruction of an entire planet. All the things they're suing them for are such science fiction standbys. Yeah, true. It's ridiculous to say. That have been done over and over right. and over again, had been done prior to 1977, and will be done again. And then another thing space vehicles, though futuristic, were made to look used and old, contrary to the stereotypical sleek appearance of space age equipment. They were suing because of. So you didn't do the stereotypical thing, right. we're suing you. Right, yeah, exactly. So, so it was just, it was a big, dumb lawsuit. It had to be settled out of court because some people felt it had some sort of uh, rationale behind it or reason. Um, we're not going to discuss this any further because I can't. Yeah, but it's it, it was ridiculous. So they, the fact that it even happened is silly. So kind of what I want to talk about a little bit, I think, is the casting. Mm-hmm. Let's talk a little bit about the casting about the show. Sure. The show. So we were watching it, and you, when Starbuck is introduced, were uh-huh. like, huh, that character was played by Dirk Benedict originally. Right. And so you, we were doing, from then, we were doing comparisons of updated casting. Right. Katie Sackhoff plays Starbuck, so they have gender-swapped these right. characters. And it appears that little else has changed. Well, she <laughs> little, is she playing is, Dirk Benedict, it seems. Yes, she is, but channeling mm-hmm. what I knew Dirk Benedict from, which was Face. Right, on the from A-team. From the A-Team. And so chomping on a cigar in a tank top, Fucking fighting in a poker game. This girl is face, hundred percent. Right. And I loved it. And also straight. They didn't. Right. They didn't take a. Take, they didn't do that. They didn't. Uh, as far as we know, it seems like well, she's in love with boys. Right. We're we're not going to get into the specifics, but. Uh, I thought it was very interesting because it felt to me like that Bob's Burgers thing where they have Tina, the Tina character that uh-huh. they were writing as a boy, and all they did was change it to a girl. They didn't change any of the behaviors. Right. And it makes a more interesting character. They did that for her, for this character, and it's I, I really like it. Uh, Boomer, played by Grace Park. Uh-huh. Formerly of, played by a black man. Right. Right? Yes. And as a matter of fact, the clip I showed you, you got to see Boomer. I'm like, oh, there's Boomer and there's Starbuck. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that's really different. Mary McDonald mm-hmm. plays... <laughs> there's a... Now, I don't believe her character. I don't remember if she had a corollary in the original Did show. She, yeah, I maybe not. So. She plays... In, in IMDb, for this first miniseries, she's referred to as president... So there's a bit of a spoiler because right. when we meet her, she is the secretary of education. Uh, she plays the same character she played in Independence Day. So that was comforting to me. I was like, oh, the dying president lady. <laughs> no, she played the first lady in uh-huh. Independence Day, but is very much a, it was a very similar role. I think that she got this role because of her role in Independence Day. So she might have. Uh, we love her. She's great. I just like the way she said bird. Bird? In um, Dances with Wolves. Oh, and she's yeah, struggling to speak English. Oh, does she play the native character? Well, she plays the character who's been... Oh, uh, she's white but was... 
was taken as a Raised child. by, yes. And so her struggling with English again, and she overpronounces the word bird in a really kind of endearing bird. Like she's really <laughs> okay, choking. Okay, gotcha. I do to, think I remember To get that. her mouth around the, yeah. the English words after all this time. Were there any other character uh, well, updates that you wanted to okay, talk about? Okay, so Grace Park is now playing Boomer, and that was right. Herb, Herb Jefferson. who So was an a, Asian yeah. woman takes over for a black man. And I have to say that for 1987, yeah. that was really revolutionary no. that you... No, 80, no, excuse me, not 87. Uh, the, the original first Galactica. one is yeah. 78. 78. I'm sorry, flipped it. Yeah. For 1978, it was really revolutionary to have that many black characters. There were two black characters on the bridge. The second in command, who in this version is an alcoholic, was played oh, yes. by another black actor. Oh, okay. With, who had a, was just the opposite. He was like the man you would want to trust. He had a great right. deal of bearing and dignity. And then they made him a white man in this. So, uh, 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 unreliable white man. But um, in this one, yes. In the new version, he's sort of an alcoholic and he's not really trustworthy. But the other one, because uh, Lauren Green was the original Adama. And so he had the dignified voice. Uh, who is that? Lauren Green. He seemed familiar. Is He was very familiar from... Television in the 60s and 70s, if you'd watched Bonanza, he was the patriarch of nope. the Bonanza clan. Oh, okay. But he was uh, he was a really familiar vo- uh, face on he television. He looked like, he almost, he, you know who he reminded me of was um, Ricardo Montalban. Well, yeah, he was one of those kind of actors who, in their uh, middle age, did these great patriarchal kind of voice of authority parts. <laughs> yeah, and... Uh, uh-huh. I think maybe in the cloak that he was wearing, right. I was getting con vibes from him. Yeah, not reason. necessarily, but... Uh, not evil, just... This is around the same time that Ricardo Montalban is doing Fantasy Island and had stopped playing the romantic leads and now is playing okay. this mysterious character. But he's a, a white man, mm-hmm. right? He's a, one of the famous Canadian radio performers, oh, okay. actually, with that voice. And then Edward James Olmos is... Is replacing him. Replacing him. So so there was more switching, just also in terms... There were some other characters I would like to have seen again. There was a character whose name I don't remember. And And we don't know that they're not going to come in. That's the thing. We only watched the miniseries. The the focus of the original miniseries was all these people becoming refugees. That was the big deal. And so Jane Seymour is there, and she's a baby in this, you know, where she hasn't aged very much in the intervening years, as far as you can tell by looking at her. But um, Lorette Spring played a prostitute who winds up discovering her own worth and being a nurse on one of the battleships because it opens with the same sort of scene where you just see people being massacred. And it was a big deal for television at the time. They're like, this is really violent. Why is this? Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, the other producer of the show, one of the producers, Donald Berlisario, who went on to become a big famous TV producer too when he did Magnum P.I., uh, he talked about how the network kept cutting back on the violence so they would just have more Cylons blowing up and the Cylons looked ridiculous by comparison. They weren't threatening at all. They look like Cybermen. The, I will say that the little three-minute clip that you showed me... Uh-huh. Um, from the 78 version, uh-huh. felt, first of all, it felt dated as hell. Right, well, so, yeah. No, granted, yes, it's older than me. It's over 40 years old. Or it's, it is 40 years old, right? Yeah. But the other thing that I noticed, or I felt was, this feels like Doctor Who. Right. This feels like maybe even present-day Doctor Who, which which is generous, well, but it felt like Doctor Who. I'm like, those are Cybermen. Uh-huh. That dude's like the dude that runs the Daleks. Like, what is happening here? It, it um, yeah, I'm wondering because Doctor Who wasn't much of a thing on this side of the Atlantic at right. the time. Um, but when you're, and again, it comes to that thing, they're using a common group of tropes that goes back to Isaac Asimov and Ray Bradbury and all that, all of that writing. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I, I felt the modern version, or the, the recent version, I shouldn't say modern. Again, the reimagining. The reimagining. That's what everything felt online less like I was looking to it at a is, set. as, is Battlestar Galactica is the original, there's Galactica 1980, and then there's a bunch of attempted rea- revivals, and then there's the reimagined series, mm. because that is what it is. It's a reboot, right? It and is telling the same story. There are neat bits to as the first one. Where you see like the original uh, version of the Cylons. Is it the actual Cylon costume for the yes. original program? And there's a lot they of were nice really, little, um, uh, sort of tips of the hat yeah. to, to the original series and how really creative and, and how it changed. It was a game changer at the time. But um, 
but yeah, I, 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 I didn't think I would like it as much because I always get a little kind of gun shy when I'm watching something that's taking essentially your childhood in. Well, did you watch the whole thing when you were a kid? Uh, the TV show? Yeah. Oh, yeah, because there was oh, okay. there was nothing, there wasn't much science fiction on. Right. And so if you wanted to see something with outer space and Yeah, I guess that's true. Um, creatures Star Trek was done, and there was stuff in the on the... On the horizon. But um, also across the pond. There yeah. Was, there was British shows, but you couldn't. You there couldn't, was no BBC America. I started so. watching Doctor Who years after this when I was Did in the high school. Did they air on, like, PBS? They aired on PBS, okay. and there was a local TV a TV station, KTEH, here in um, in uh, San Jose, or nearby, yeah. that discovered that they could really do their pledge drives well if they just showed Doctor Who marathons all day. Oh, interesting. And they would, they, so they would show it all the time, and I thought that was kind of funny. It's, you know, these poor, uh, you know, the, the hosts in between on the pledge breaks had no idea what they were watching, and they're like, well... This is a really weird show, but it seems to have a great following, so please give us money to PBS and, you know. So this series, I will say, is produced, it's co-funded by Sky Television in the UK. Uh-huh. Uh, it was broadcast here on the Sci-Fi Channel. Sci-Fi Channel's television shows, good. Their movies... <sighs> Seem like they spend less money on them, even. Well, it seemed very much like they're consciously trying to be goofy, you know, pterodactyls starring Coolio or whatever. Um, I it just the effort is to make a B movie, like make something that is an yeah, imitation but they're making like Q movies. It's really right. So uh, NBC aired random bits and bobs in an effort to drive traffic to sci-fi because uh-huh. NBC owns sci-fi. Yes, everyone. Everything They're is owned by, the and they used to all be owned by GE, but it's now I think it's Comcast or, or something. Coca Cola. Coca Cola. Coca Cola doesn't. Coca Cola own NBC, I think. Mm-mm. No, I think NBC is owned by Comcast. Is oh, okay. What I just said. <laughs> <laughs> um, the but they like they aired th- they. I heard an edited version of the miniseries on NBC five days before the sci-fi series premiere. They aired three selected first season episodes to promote the show in advance of the second season premiere, which is bullshit <laughs> a little bit. Like, here's three random episodes from last season. Yeah. Go check out season two. Uh, how, what? Who's doing that because <laughs> it's not even like we're streaming the other ones on no it's 2004 there's right. no yeah yeah I, I, uh, it's puzzling so then it aired it's you know four four seasons plus another movie and a web series and then there was a prequel mm. show called caprica right caprica caprica Something. Which I always think is paprika. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think the idea of the show has legs. I know? think so too. It, uh, it's right off the bat, we're talking about it's a mystery, mm-hmm. right? Right. There are 12 Cylon types. Right. We know by the end of the miniseries, four of them. Now, also, we're told that there are 12. Right. There could be By more than twelve. You can't trust that. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, yes. By the end of the miniseries, we see the fourth one, and it's a big. <gasps> <laughs> so we'll get there. <laughs> uh, but then it's everyone is like, could it could it be them? Could it be right. them? I know one of them. I'm sad about knowing one of them. I wish I could have forgotten that I knew one of them. <laughs> But I well, can't that's why forget. I'm not going to look up anything either. No, All of my research it's, was restricted to the original so that I wouldn't trip yeah, myself it's up. It's very difficult. It's a lot of like making my eyes go fuzzy, and I'm right. like, no, don't look. <laughs> I'm trying very hard not to spoil myself for it, but uh, looking forward to it. Yeah. Looking forward to it. Um, already, like we said, into it. We're also watching. Uh, the limited series Night Flyers. Right. So I'm going to try real hard not to get those two mixed up because they're very different. Well, I saw some, and I remembered it afterwards, I'd sed seen some of the original, there had been a film version of Night Flyers. Mm-hmm. 
And it was very 80s, you know, puffy hair and Catherine Mary Stewart. And, you know, uh, it's uh, it's kind of hard to describe to a modern audience what 80s science fiction looked like. It wasn't necessarily good. Yeah. You know why it's hard to describe that to a modern yeah. audience? Because a lot of it does not remain. Yeah. We don't go back and revisit the 80s sci-fi. We did that with Alien Nation, if you'll recall. Oh, yeah. it's the, <laughs> But, I mean, the, 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 the other two Star Wars films were, well, wasn't one of them made in the 80s? I don't know. Well, oh, yeah, I'm sure. Was. Um, um, but, uh, and, but that tended to be something with a lot of funding to it. The original Night Flyers was a very low-budget movie. Well, this new one has a budget. It's... Pretty good so far. Right. We have three more episodes. Well, yeah, I'm going to reserve it's judgment. It's only going to get more violent, I think. I had uh, I had all sorts of great feelings about the haunting of Hill House. Oh, and then last, and then last, the last episode, episode just went, like, whoa, twist. wait, what, what am I looking at? Now? Thematic is, twist. Right. It just it went in a direction Which where I was Which I enjoyed. I'm just like, well, all this is is uh, an ability for a season two. That's right. what we've done here. Uh but I do understand it is for a person a who's read the book and complete who loved the film, and right. mood one eighty. Yeah. We're just like, what? It, it was a haunted house, and now it's just a house full of sad. <laughs> it's okay. Feel bad for the house. <laughs> like, wait a minute, what? <laughs> so I don't yeah. think Night Flyers is gonna do. Oh, that I hope to not. You. As long as it doesn't, that's why I appreciated. We just finished watching the season. Well, the the first season maybe of um, of uh, the Purge. Yes. And I felt that it ended on a really strong note. Um, and I'm glad it maintained a, a tone. And then it got really kind of very political and very kind of. Yeah, those sh- those movies haven't. They've gotten more political as they go on, and we haven't seen the most recent. Right, one. I haven't seen the most recent one, but yeah, I just felt it ended on a strong note. It maintained its tone, and then it just went in strong at the end. So I'm hoping that there must be night flyers will keep it up and be able to sort of get through the whole thing and have a satisfying conclusion. I hope. But hey, every everybody who makes films, yes. I know you're listening right now. You are. Let's stop putting us in media res just to tell me oh, 12 God. hours before, 36 hours before, six months earlier. Could we not? Could we stop? Like, okay, that was a cool trick, J.J. Abrams. And now we need a new well, one. Someone, <laughs> Jordan Peele, come up with a new trick for for time jumping because it's... Like, literally every time something starts now, uh-huh. I'm just like, well, how many, how many, how much time, like, you want to take a bet on how much time they're going to shunt us into the back when this scene right. is over? And it, it varies. Sometimes it's well, like 27 years. <laughs> You're just like, oh God, they I, really have laid out several, several seasons worth of shit to get back to where we started. Why did we have to start there? This is literally the oldest trick in the world. It starts, I think the Odyssey starts in the middle of it. Odysseus washes up on shore and starts having memories of his trip. That's mm-hmm. the first time yeah. I think he got, I don't know, it may be older than that. But as a, as a, like a framing device. Yeah, it was J.J. Abrams, I but remember J. J. watching J. Abrams it. and Alias, Alias, right? it was, I remember seeing, there was a scene where um, Jennifer um, Garner. Garner comes out of the back of an airplane in lingerie and then quickly she knocks a bunch of people out, jumps out, uh, grabs a parachute from somebody who's falling and then the next title uh, title uh, on the screen was you know twelve hours earlier and you're like wow how the hell did we get to here and yeah. then and it now became it's lit- I mean, every it's, single show it's to the point where I'm gonna say when we start uh-huh. even hour long episodes of television or movies right. when we start a thing I'm gonna say a cool sixty five percent of the time uh-huh. we're in the middle of it. And I'm like, okay, cool. How much time are we going to go backwards? Right. And I kind of wish they would like Gar- Wayne and Garth doodly, 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 doodly. <laughs> like, get, uh, it, it, it's, it's getting... It's gotten to be ridiculous. Very tired. And, and I, I think about Abrams in particular when he's doing Lost. The entire show 
was flashing backward and forward Which in time. Which is fine, because that is the setup of the show. Right, but this kind of... But, like, every procedural is right. doing it. Every, like... And the, the like, situation... Like, and I get... It's, it, what it is is grab your... Right, in pers- the first... Right. Grab your audience in the first 30 seconds and don't let them go. But I'm like... You haven't really grabbed me because my first thought is that, ooh, what's going on? It's, who the fuck is this? Right. I don't know these people. I don't know what's happening. I don't know, are you a good guy or a bad guy? Well, you're dead now. Am I going to be following you? Like, you've, you've, you've made it so that all I'm doing is trying to figure stuff out. I'm not following anything. And then a lot of times when they get us back up to that scene, they'll skip the scene that we've already seen. Right. And then I'm like, yeah, but I didn't know what the fuck I was looking at well, the first time. So now can we see it now that I give a fuck about these when characters? When I saw Because Night Flyers, it does it too. Yeah. <laughs> when I first saw that trick pulled on Alias, the one I just described, it was kind of funny. Like, how the hell did she wind up here and why is she dressed that way? And what right. Is she... And so it was kind of, well, and then the kind of things that he did to stack it so that you see how she got to this yeah. point. It's like, oh, all these was ridiculous things. Was it in the same episode sense. or was it like episodes later? No, no, it was in the same episode. Oh, okay. And you go, oh, oh, that's why she's in, in lingerie in the back of an airplane and, you know, having to be Because we definitely see the final scene of Night Flyers uh-huh. as the opening scene of which, Night Flyers, which right. is rough because I, I know you, Gretchen Mall. I see you. I like you. Right. I don't know if I like your character. Are you right. a good person or a bad person? Who is this other gentleman? Seems like he's bad, right. but he might be good. You might be the bad one. What is? I don't know anything about any of these characters, so why do I care that they're all dying horribly? Yeah. Spoilers for Nightfires. Well, I mean, although you, you watch the spoiler. first two minutes, I don't know that any of this is going to happen since That's some true. of the things that happen in the story are delusions are from delusions. one of the characters. That's true. Uh, or several of the characters are having delusions, and yeah. one in particular who's. Um, Causing delusions. Telepathic and psychokinetic. Um, and she's telepathic. Visions. Yeah. yeah, so it's, I don't know that any of what we've seen is actually going to happen. So I don't know why we are. It's kind of a that. cheat. I'm just tired of it. Yes. I'm, y'all, I'm tired of it. And I literally do want to bet with you every time. I'm yeah. like, let's bet. How much time? How much time? And they didn't even tell us in nope. this one. They just said, they sent us all the way back uh. to a thing. And then they sent us six months into the future from there, and then we're on the ship. And like, I, there's no time. I have to say this while we're on the subject of misleading or stupid credits. Um, dun, dun, dun. Aquaman, somewhere yeah. in the Atlantic Ocean, somewhere in the Pacific, somewhere on... It's like, you know what I legitimately get a fucking map and find where the thing is set. You know set what it. I legitimately <laughs> that felt was, driving me was crazy. they had to name check certain places. It was like it was contractually obligated, uh-huh. but they couldn't tell you exactly where it was because they were filming it in New Zealand. Y'all, it was New right. Zealand. If it was a beach, it was in New Zealand. It wasn't somewhere in the Indian Ocean. But they It was kept... New Zealand. But it was like right. they had to name check these places. Yeah, it was weird. But was not, weird. again, vaguely. Also, for no reason. I don't need to know that they are doing this on an island somewhere in the Indian Ocean. Right. I mean, because it was a random, I'm training you on how to use a trident scene. It's not like that was, the location was really important to that scene. Well, the, the Indian Ocean one was the where the, the um, villain was getting his stuff from the... Which also didn't need... It, we don't need to know. But but the vagueness that somewhere in the Indian Ocean, somewhere at the... Some, and yeah. I kept using the term somewhere, I'm going... It felt like they were pulling like from comics, from right. those little... Yeah, you know, bubbles, I guess so. Which is how they do it. Yeah. But not in a movie. I just, felt like just don't do that. It's a movie or it's a comic Like, I book. almost wish they had just gone all the way back to a beach. <laughs> right. Like, oh, is that where we are? Well, I, I, that's, I kind of liked the Spider-Verse film for being brave enough to actually have separate panels crossing the screen. Because if you're yeah. going to go comic book, just go comic well, book. Well, but also they had the... I don't know if you want to use the phrase luxury. That's not what I, uh, I mean. But they were animated. It was, that was an animated right. film. So you could do a lot of well, more Well, uh, Ang Lee did that in the... Although, to be fair, Aquaman is also an animated <laughs> film. So. He did that in his version of The Incredible Hulk. He actually had panels, panels? across the screen. Oh, interesting. And I that was a, a neat idea because to him, coming from China... 
it's like, I don't read comic books. What is this? And he just like copied the medium. And it was pretty funny because it's like a guy. That's interesting. Who is more associated because that was one Comics of, not in China? Well, not the kind of comics that he, he never read The Incredible Hulk. And so his approach to it when they asked him how to do it was, and you'll think about it when you think of that first film with Eric Bana. I did he not said, see it, so oh, I won't. Go it's ahead. Like, um, <laughs> I don't know about comics, but I know Greek tragedy. And it became. Did he read any of the comics? Uh, he did because he did capture. Uh, there's good. a lot of close-ups of. He's not like Tim Burton, who no. apparently to this day has never read a right. comic book. But uh, he, there's a lot of like extreme close-ups of uh, Sam Elliott's mustache shouting, "Get the Hulk!" Just like you'd see in a panel of comic books. And there's a lot of fun stuff. Because when Frank Miller made a movie, that's what he. He just literally did panel per panel, and I think that was less creative than this other thing, which was just you know. Yeah, this is my story, and I'm going to do it right. But well, he hadn't written the original. If somebody gave you the right, the the ability to put your book on screen, you would do it scene for scene too, because this is my vision (sighs) on the screen. Maybe you wouldn't, because you've been trained in both, but. All right, anything else? No, I think that's it without giving too much away because I'm looking forward to actually now seeing what happens. Now that we talked about Gap Battlestar for 15 minutes and other bullshit for 45 minutes. No, not quite that Well, we long. Don't, I don't want to give it away. There's yeah. a lot to, to unpack with Battlestar. No, America. and we're going to, so we're going to do um, two episodes worth of stuff uh-huh. for the miniseries. Uh, so. That's coming. We will be recapping. Y'all, if you want to watch with us, we wish you would. Please do. Right. Um, so far, like I said, it's super good. I am enjoying this diverse casting. And the other thing that I was going to say is, oh, it's available on Amazon Prime and on Hulu for, you know, quote unquote free. So if you have either of those services, yeah, yeah. hop on, watch with us. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we will be talking to you next week about part one of the miniseries. Now, just to put it out there, we watched it on Amazon Prime. There was no part one of the miniseries. No, there it was just all ran one together. episode. And before we knew it, we were watching the whole thing. I hit pause thinking we were about there, and we'd passed the halfway mark ten minutes before. So it's a three-hour and two-minute investment. But by all means, hit pause. Come back later. Uh, or make a night of it. Well, I'm not telling you how to live your life. <laughs> Do you have anything else you want to? No, discuss? actually, that that I I'm eager to start the conversation, but we'll do it. Okay, I'm gonna say one time. one thing, uh-huh. y'all. It's a flop. It's not gonna make its money back. Oh, in in America, yes. anyways. We saw Mortal Engines. Mortal Engines. It's not as dumb as Aquaman. Not nearly, no. It doesn't make a lick of goddamn sense. Not a lick. It's legitimately every movie I've ever seen. But it's super fun. It's super watchable. The characters are really interesting. I mean, you know, they're stereotypes, but they're good stereotypes. And anybody who is complaining about the uh, this movie, uh-huh. who is a fan of Star Wars, I'm going to say has some problems with misogyny and nostalgia and needs to really take a look at why they like or dislike a thing. Mm -hmm. Because there was nothing in Mortal Engines that wasn't in Star Wars. And you know what was in Star Wars that wasn't in Mortal Engines? Whiny bitch baby boys. Sorry, I really hate the Skywalker clan. All of them except Leah. Those boys... The men of the Skywalker clan just really complain about fucking everything, and I hate it. So, we didn't have to deal with that in Mortal Engines. I, I liked... And we got a really fierce... Hugo Weaving. He was, a, he was so good in this. Right. I, really but, I mean, the whole cast Plus was really in good. a beard. Right. I was like, it's a good look, Hugo Weaving. The whole cast was really good. The film is visually really beautiful. It's... Very beautiful. And you can mm-hmm. follow what's happening on the screen with the your world, eyeballs. Yes, which I couldn't do for Aquaman. <laughs> no. I couldn't follow a lot of what was going on with There's Aquaman. There's a lot of brights to darks in Aquaman, um, which makes it rough on the eyes. And at first I was kind of like, uh, when we were watching the film together, I'm kind of looking, you've got to be kidding. This is the same. 
Now, I, I'll bring this up out of my recent history. Mm. Just a few days ago, I was watching a movie called Message from Space, if you remember. Uh, I don't. Which is this very weird Japanese movie from the 1970s that was a almost at times scene for scene imitation of Star Wars with other stuff too. But 1970s? it was 1970s. Yeah, it was late 70s. Star Wars was 77. This yeah, was so 70 this was at, this was after that. At first, it was like, oh god, this is so embarrassing. This is just a ripoff. But then I thought about how Star Wars at times was a nearly scene-for-scene remake out of most of Kurosawa's movie, The Hidden Fortress, Fortress, which is a vastly superior movie. Um, And I'm going, okay, then what on earth? And I began to understand the way you're saying it. It's like, what are you complaining about if your film is made up of, like, essentially a crazy quilt of scenes from other movies? Yes. And you're complaining that somebody copied your crazy crazy quilt. Yes. That's basically what it is. Yeah. And so, Mortal Engines, yeah. yes, it is like mm-hmm. it is in in the ways that Avatar was as well. Uh, every movie, right? I literally in the middle of it was like, on every movie, <laughs> they're all in me. And that's, like it's and, every movie you've ever seen, ooh. and it's but visually, it's very beautiful. It it's is beautiful, really beautiful, and it's different, right? So that's that's the thing. It's not every movie you've ever seen because you've never seen these visuals before, right? Uh, which I thought were yeah, very cool. Uh, and yeah, so I don't, I don't. At first, I was just like, oh, this is really. I'm going to see this again. But then again, I don't. I, I think it's uh, it's ridiculous to to sort of complain about that too. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I I'm, I don't. It was an. It was super enjoyable. I'm not going to go recommending it necessarily because it's like, well, if you want to see a really beautiful looking, well realized it because, world, because honestly, if mm-hmm. you like fantasy stories or sci-fi stories, right. and you slept on this because it got poor reviews, uh-huh. you're gonna like this. Like, yeah. if you like the Star Wars stuff, you're gonna like this. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Um, if you like the any of the dystopia, if you like, if you like the Hunger Games, if you like any of that imagery, stuff, this movie is one of the that. best realizations of that kind yeah. of imagery that's been put on screen. It's not dealt with a lot. I think it, steampunk as a genre outside of anime is not really been realized this way before, and it does capture that whole kind of weird. And uh, also, I have to say, it all was polyethnic in a way that I really liked too. Yeah. It was. It was. Yeah. It had some interesting things in in, in terms of that as well. I, I don't know. I enjoyed it, and right. honestly, I think it got a lot of hate, similar to uh, John Carter. The John Carter it was a hate movie which that was right. uncalled for. Uncalled for. The, the it's a hundred year old book. Everyone has ripped this book off. So by the time it gets made into a film, everyone's calling it derivative. That was ridiculous. Right. I really right. like John Carter. It was a fun movie, and it was a pity that it just got you know. Squash the way it did. Yeah, but so uh, it it felt similar to, yeah. to to me in the hate, and I don't know if a lot of the bad reviews were like a lot of the because um, my understanding is the last Star Wars uh-huh. movie got a lot of um, online hate. Yeah, from dudes mad that the star was a woman. Basically, and they bombarded these review sites with negative reviews, having not seen the movie, uh-huh. having you know just that's their issue, and so they tank it, tank this, it, a, uh, a, a, the reviews of a thing. And I think that this might have had a similar situation. Like I said, it's not a cerebral film. Uh-huh. It's it doesn't. There are anachronisms and yeah, just right, yeah. Bonk, like the logic in it doesn't hold up. No, not to any kind of inspection. Don't even a watch it for that. that. But if you like cool visuals and uh, like a dystopian situation, like the Hunger Games, like mm. I said, or um, find it, find a theater with a big screen. If you can see it in IMAX, see it in IMAX. It, yeah, it is that it's kind of movie where very, it's really worth good, watching yeah. on a big screen and with um, a good sound system because, because I just the technical like part of this got, movie is amazing. It got. A lot of hate it didn't mm. deserve, and it's enjoyable. I I put this, mm. no joke, right alongside with Valerian. Yeah, which was another Valerian. Another I really movie liked. that visually very good. Uh-huh. Does it make sense? Nah. Are these yeah. two people in any way like? I, the, 
They had similar eyebrows. No chemistry. No, like, parts of it just don't work. Uh-huh. Is it an entertaining movie? Absolutely. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I put a, I put those two together like that. Yeah, fandom has one of the original science fiction fan convention, one of the guys who started this whole process in the 1930s, and he was being interviewed in, uh, I think it was Starlog a number of years ago. Mm-hmm. He talked about how even in the 70s, uh, when this interview was conducted or the early 80s, that he, although he was one of the first people to start a science fiction convection, convention, he no longer shows up or follows them anymore because he fe- felt there was too much tribalism in science fiction. Even then, it's mm-hmm. like, oh, the people who like Star Wars can't be the people who like Star Trek who can't be the... And, uh, and so Which now is... it's very much this kind of thing. You either like Marvel or you like DC. You either like Star Wars or you like Star Trek. I or... like interesting stories and mm-hmm. good characters. Can we do that? Yeah. How about that? Yeah. I like, uh, to me, uh-huh. Marvel characters are more interesting, except with the with the exception so far of Batman. Uh-huh. I like the current Wonder Woman situation, right. but Wonder Woman was never very interesting to me. I yeah. just liked the Marvel characters better. Do I think that all of Marvel is better than DC because I don't like those characters as mm-hmm. much? No, and there's no reason to. But also, yeah, fight about what is it, it right? I, I mean, the the there was recently. We it's were, not a finite thing. It's not like oh, if fifty one percent of people like Marvel, then DC's gonna fucking fall into the ocean. Right, it's not going. Like, that's that, not what's happening. I don't get it. No, it's not a zero sum game, and everybody can like what they like, <laughs> as long as it's not like inappropriate or horrible or harmful to others. Well, there's people who like that too, but yeah, but that's another show. <laughs> we don't we're not on board for that. So I think that brings us to the end. Yes it does. We wish you a happy new year. Happy New Year. Uh, we hope you are staying warm and dry and wherever you are. You should be sober by now. Well although you could drink now thing. as long as you were sober by New Year's and you the weren't driving universe somewhere. The world is a rough place. So if you need a tipple to get yourself through, mm-hmm. we bless you. If you are relying on that tipple, we ask you to get help. We're here for you. Just don't tipple and drive. Don't I tipple think and is, drive. Is, we were out on New Year's Day, was it? And just the amount oh, of atrocious, Lordy. bizarre driving going on. I was on. like, it is light outside. Yeah. Y'all should be sober. You need to pick a lane. Right. Y'all need to pick a lane. That's not a metaphor. They actually were not in their lane. They were sort of weaving around. There's a lot of weaving around. So, we thank you. We love you very much. We wish you would watch Battlestar Galactica with us. Uh Uh, Stay tuned to this space for (laughs) um, announcements about upcoming projects. The more times I say it, the more I will bring it into fruition. And uh, if you want to reach out, latecomerspod at gmail.com, latecomerspod on Twitter. We have a Facebook group, Latecomers Podcast. You can find us that way. And I think that's everything. That's everything. Okay. So remember, better Better late late than than never. Battlestar Galactica edition. I'm sorry. No, you're tired. Oh. I am tired, and this is going to be long edit.